I think he kind of brought that ugly ass title back to relevance because let's let's face it, the current version of the Intercon title is probably the, one of the most hideous designs I think they've <laughs> done to a title belt. That and the U.S. title probably the, the one that needs the biggest redesign. Now, in my defense, I my all time favorite intercontinental title belt is one that you kind of poo-pooed on already is uh that title that cody rhodes retired to bring oh, in I the, love the, white, the white I, oh star. oh the attitude era one yes the attitude era one when i think of the intercontinental title that's the first one i think of and yeah maybe it was because one of my first ever like replica title belts as a kid like the toy version was the intercontinental title but i i something about that title made it my favorite where the design that Cody Rhodes brought in, which I also thought was silly because he said as a shout out to Dusty Rhodes, who I believe was never an Intercontinental Champion. But I don't think he was. Yet. I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I understood Cody Rhodes for doing that. And, you know, he changed the strap. So he still made it like modern, even if it was just changing the strap color. Uh, but yeah, um, the Intercontinental title nowadays, you know, up for interpretation. But I think most people would agree with you. They don't like the the current design, but my all-time favorite design may not have a lot of the same love either. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It's time! Welcome to another episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac, and if you haven't discovered about me by now, especially for those of you who don't really know me personally, but just from listening, my mind constantly, for so many different scenarios, runs in tournament formats. I love tournaments of all sorts. You know, I don't watch a lot of basketball, but I still love filling out the, uh, the March Madness brackets and uh, and then with wrestling, it's even more ridiculously crazy of all these different match types. You know, when I play my video games, it's all tournament-based. So we're here with another tournament episode, the Intercontinental Championship, often referred to as the workhorse title of the WWE, and what in a lot of ways is planned as a stepping stone to propel different athletes to that main event picture, to the world championship picture, We've seen other times and other places where the uh, former WWE champion becomes Intercontinental Champion. So many different scenarios have played out over so many years. And of course, 
I'm not here alone. Joining me today is Mongo, producer and co-host of Cruising with Kayfabe podcast. Mongo, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks so much for having me back on, Johnny. Uh, just like you, I'm a tournament guy from King of the Ring to 32 to 64. I just think it makes it fun because then you have to have those conversations. And, you know, I know you've done your tournaments. I know you came on with us and did tournaments. So I think I have the same love you do. And the IC title has just always been one of my favorite titles. So I appreciate getting invited on for this one. Of course. Yeah, no, I, I, I've been listening to, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that, you know, I, I, I've only known you and Emily for like real well for a short amount of time. Uh, we've, we've interacted on, at least, you know, three of the four Jericho cruises so far, and I know we're going to interact a whole lot more on Five Alive and every Jericho cruise going forward. Um, so it, it took me a while going into cruising with Cafe before I really kind of got familiar with it. I saw references here and there, but didn't really pinpoint things together. But once I started, I've been hooked. And I... I do listen to every episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk as soon as it airs. Just make sure sound levels sound good and everything else. And uh, just really take pride in the work I do. So if I'm going to promote it to others, I'll have even more feeling behind it. And so I listen to that. And then I think second place is a lot of times is cruising with kayfabe. I love because you guys have kind of similar mindsets to how I do with you love wrestling. You love the Jericho Cruise. You love wrestling. You want to give people a platform to plug themselves and then you do tournaments and other fun things in between. So. No, absolutely. You know, I, same thing. I became a fan of caddy chat. Um, as soon as you might, the first time I get to listen to it and I like, you know, the difference you have, you have more, I'll just say to quote mankind, uh, intestinal fortitude to do <laughs> solo episodes. I don't think I could run a solo one. Um, I know like, I would say so, but like sometimes when you can you can just have that conversation without having someone else to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Say it that way. I've never been able to do that because I already talk too much as it is. So I don't <laughs> think anyone wants to just listen to Mongo go on for twenty minutes. <laughs> no, and I normally feel the same way too. I used to have a YouTube channel where it was similar, but it was before I kind of have you know I have a degree in journalism, uh, so it was before all that. I was in college and I just did reviews of like different wrestling pay per views and that, and I went back just a few months ago and watched some of those, and I cringed. Grant, I was like 10, 12 years younger, so that said a lot. And it was before all my experience in radio. And then it was one of those times where I did hate hearing the sound of my own voice. So, luckily, I have the experience of radio to back myself up. So I've been involved with different formats, whether it be solo episodes or interviews. And at first I thought... And working in radio, I thought I preferred a lot of times just the solo episodes. Like, or I'm a producer, so I have a host of their show. And a lot of times, I want them to just talk because, well, it was a lot easier for me. And it was a lot less to manage. Um, but then when I started doing this podcast, I felt all the more like it needed to be interview-based. And I wanted to bring people on, share their stories, and, like you said, bounce ideas off of People And then sometimes it was a matter of, I have way too many thoughts circulating in my head that I just need to let out. Or I, you know, a guest fell through or something, and I'm like, now what do I do? So the very first episode I did on my own for uh, 
in the history of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk was Ask Johnny Cadillac Anything. So again, where it was just me, I had all these different people messaging me at the time wrestling-related questions that I then answered on the podcast. So where I didn't have anyone I was actually interviewing, in a sense it was still interview-based. And the success of that actually went really well. So then any time where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do a solo episode this week. I have this, this, and this going through my head. Hopefully it works. And then a lot of times I find it ends up working. So I'm glad that you uh, appreciate that because I didn't know how, especially in some of my most recent episodes, I didn't know how that was portrayed to the listener. So, No, yeah, I gave a comment. It comes off well. and I definitely can tell you have the radio background because you kind of know how to segue yourself, keep yourself on track. I know in a previous life, uh, before Cruising O'Keefe, I was on a podcast where there were some scheduling issues and one of the very first times I had to pretty much drive with someone who really hadn't been on a podcast for, I had no idea what I was doing. And I, and I think that kind of helped me appreciate learning to become a producer, learning to kind of do the stuff behind the scenes and then even learning how to drive it. But having someone else, I've always kind of had that crutch of, okay, well, if I need a break, I can just let this person go. But yeah. if you don't have anyone, you got to keep, you got to keep it entertaining for yourself and the person. Cause I'm sure there's been plenty of times where we've, had to scrap ideas like this is gonna be so great and then you start doing it and you're like now yeah, i'm not feeling this <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much i i kick myself like you know you recently messaged me privately and you mentioned uh memorial day weekend and i did a podcast just focusing on bullet points of the different pay-per-views that went on during memorial day weekend and i listened to it back and i listened to your guys's review of double or nothing and i said I was going to bring up this bullet point because I didn't want to talk about every little thing from all four pay-per-views that we would have been here for far too long. But then you guys brought up some key points and I don't remember anything off the top of my head, but I was like, I was meaning to talk about that too. (laughs) And I spaced it (laughs) on the moment, but uh, you know, it still worked out. So now I I like, we, we talked about our love for tournaments and wrestling tournaments. And I like, I've really enjoyed the three interviews that you guys have done, of course, I was on one of them, but the three inter- uh, the three episodes, I should say, that you've done of different tournaments, and I, I like, I especially like the premise because where, in a lot of ways, we had similar ideas and similar thinkings, but in a lot of ways, they're different, too, and I like the collaboration, and the fact that the three tournaments you've done so far where you've talked about history extensively in all three, you were still looking at the current you're looking at the present day stars that we're seeing on tv for ourselves as fans where my tournaments so far have been in history based and today is no exception and i've heard you make mention here and there when talking about other people to certain other people that i'm like the intercontinental title and what really won i think what the cherry on top was what the ultimately the deciding factor why Mongo I want you to come on so quickly after you and Emily were both on for a previous episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk was Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. 
Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Whoa! How dare I just have a pause right at that at that peak there? Wait, why why would I want to bring you on? Well, there's a couple different reasons. I, I like how you've done... The present day tournament, so present day stars, but in a lot of ways it reminds me just based on um, just the names you did because of who's who's hot in the current product and who the who the eyes are on, and it just my brain, especially with the WWE people you bring on, screams Intercontinental Championship, and we have an appreciation for some of those mid card talents. And let's be real here, Mongo. I know you know a lot of wrestling history as I do, and I like hearing your points. But you've really entertained me with your love for the current Intercontinental Champion and some of your despise of one former champion in particular. And <laughs> I'm going to just leave it at that right now because, I, you know, we got to keep this building, right? Right. So I will say this, this, this one person I'm referring to, because I have some off-the-wall names in this tournament a little bit, and you have kind of in your tournaments too where you pick a list of 32 names. And when you're just looking at the names that you're putting down, I'm sure you're like, oh, all 32 of these are good. And sometimes you might be putting any name down where you might think to yourself, this person may not make it as well, but they have to be in the conversation. Yes. And then when you get to your brackets, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the line I love from you the most is, this is an easy one, but it's also a difficult one. <laughs> I've heard you say that so many times in your tournaments. <laughs> and I love it because I understand where you're coming from in that, but... <laughs> I appreciate that because sometimes it's my own colloquialisms there. Like I'll, I'm like, it's it's like the jumbo shrimp. It's like, this is the easiest, hardest decision I'll make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so ultimately where I want to do these tournaments is I want to try to, and it's so easy. And I've talked about this when I had Brian Blade on here and we were discussing the greatest wrestler of all time. Uh, full disclosure, uh, especially if you don't know Brian Blade or even if you do and you haven't heard it yet, but. What Brian, he, he said it all depended on matchups and brackets, which it does. And you guys even say, like, what, belts and, uh, belts and bu busted brackets, or how do you name those episodes of, of, oh, uh, busted brackets and belts, or belts and busted brackets, depending on if, how I flip flop. But yeah, it's usually right. giving them some sort of imaginary belt, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, that's the thing, though, too, is, and you've said it, March Madness, I keep wanting to say Munch Madness because of a tournament we do here in KIN every every March during March Madness where we actually take 64 local restaurants and put them in a tournament against each other. Again, I love tournaments, thus I eat at all these restaurants, and, so, and I talk about it so often at that time that I still say Munch Madness quite a bit. But March Madness, one thing that is notorious in March Madness are the upsets. You know, you look at the brackets and you see these two teams and you're like... Well, it's a no-brainer that the number one seed's going to beat the number 16 seed. And it has happened where the 16 seed gets the upset victory. And you, when you fill out your brackets, you have to plan for upsets to happen here and there. You just never know when they're going to happen. And that's why I love that resonates into your guys' tournaments, whether it just be the different collaboration between you and your co-host, your fiance Emily. But there are upset victories that happen. I'll listen to your tournaments, and, I, and you give me two names. 
especially I must go especially from the perspective of the two tournaments I was not on between the the men and uh, the women because I did the tag team episode with you but I, I hear these two names and I'm like well if it's my tournament I pick this one and then I listen to you and Emily talk and a lot of times you agree with me just as we did in that tag team tournament but then a lot of times the overwhelming answer is not what I was wanting and I like that I like you know I like difference of opinions we can agree on a lot of things. We can agree that wrestling's awesome. One thing you say over and over again on all your episodes is it's cool to just be a wrestling fan. Whether you just like WWE, whether you just like AEW, whether you like it all, it's cool to be a wrestling fan. And I, I share that perspective with you where, you know, I have loyalties here and there. I, I do watch, I'm not going to say it all. I don't get to watch like New Japan as often as I'd like. I don't get to watch Impact as often as I'd like. I don't have Honor Club. Which is, you know, a stem from AEW, but they try to still make it its own brand as much as they can, too. It's a lot to keep up with everything. I don't watch NXT on a weekly basis. I just kind of, I still want to call them takeovers, but I, yeah. I watch their premium live events more than anything else. Impact, I watch their pay-per-views more than anything else. But I'm not going to ever say, oh, my loyalties are with this company, so I'm going to poo-poo on the other companies. And that's what I like about... When you guys go on your podcast, it doesn't have to be a, a busted brackets tournament, but you say you know it's cool to be a wrestling fan, like what you want to like. No, it, it's it's so true. Just because you know, even in this, there's probably gonna be some wrestlers in this tournament that maybe you really enjoy that I'm not the biggest fan of, or I really enjoy, and you're like, yeah, they're not my cup of tea. But the difference I've learned in my life is you don't have to think like someone else because that's boring. Like if yeah. you have the same thoughts and ideas, it, it's not as fun. It's not as entertaining. And sometimes I know I've talked to you out of an answer. I know you've talked to me out of an answer. We've talked to each other into an answer. So yep. collaboration is the best, but if you have the same opinions, it'd be for one boring episode. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where, I mean, I do, I really like how you and Emily bounce it off of each other. Maybe this was what I was trying to say earlier. And when I came on, you gave me the hot seat and then you guys bounced off of what I was initially saying from there. And I could bounce back from you. And then I felt like I got a little long winded at times, but it was for a fun episode. If if you haven't listened to it, if you're a fan of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk, if you've not listened to enough uh, Cruising with Kayfabe or you want to listen to it and you want to find that transition, you guys have so many good episodes, but I do want to specifically plug, was it two episodes ago now when I was on for the, the tag team tournament? Yes, 41. Oh, see, episode 41. I knew you'd know the number, too. <laughs> so it was, it was a very fun interview for me. And if you're a fan of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk, I highly recommend listening to that episode of cruising with kayfabe and then go from there they have 42 no 41 other great episodes and uh and again i enjoy your product and i'm not gonna sit here just like one of your sponsors you're not gonna plug your sponsor unless you believe in it i'm not gonna plug in cruising with kayfabe as much i'll still a little bit but not as much if i didn't believe in it but i really enjoy your product so i want to highly recommend to the listeners if you want another podcast in your life i definitely recommend cruising with kayfabe it's a lot of fun to listen to appreciate that so all right without further ado um so you guys always came up with the, the list ahead of time you've told me when i was on and i i can squint and see the names and the brackets on your tournament it's done a little differently here in caddy chat wrestling talk before we went on the air i gave i said there's 32 people in this you don't know who are in it you don't know what number they have. I need you to give me 16 different pairs. 
I have written down the 16 pairs that you randomized yourself. I do not know these matches ahead of time. I'm going to give them to you as I'm reading it for myself for the first time. And uh, we'll see what goes from there. Where you would normally have Emily on Cruising with Kayfabe to bounce ideas off of to come up with a collaborative answer. We don't have that here. I'm putting you in the hot seat, Mongo. However, if you're stumped, because every match needs to have a winner, every match needs to have a loser, if you need a little boost, I'm here. I can help you out. I can influence your answer if called upon. But I'm going to give you this tournament. I'm going to give you the hot seat, just like I gave Brian Blade on my previous tournament. And, um, and we'll go from there. Um, and like I said, you did a lot of present day stars, and I, I, I like that because my mind doesn't think that way. Where a lot of times, uh, there is one tournament I have circulating in my head because I wanna, I wanna be outside the box a little bit, just like you were. I think it's it's common to think of all time where you're like, hey, let's look at what we're seeing right now. And again, this is another all time episode, but um, I'm losing my train of thought with that as well. Point is, let's have some fun, <laughs> and let's see who. I want to put that point out right from the get-go, though. Um, like, for example, the current Intercontinental Champion, Gunther, he is not a former WWE Champion. He's not a former World Champion. I think he has a World Championship in his future for sure. But he's not that. We have seen names like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, who have gone on to be the greatest, some of the greatest superstars of all time. Shawn Michaels, Macho Man Randy Savage. I get that. But where you, in cruising with kayfabe, you look at the longevity of all these different stars, where you have these veterans in your tournament who are still wrestling nowadays, you look at history, and history is an important factor for you, as it should be. For me, I'm wanting to look at more specifically what these people have done for the Intercontinental Championship. It's easy to say some of these names who happen to be former Intercontinental Champions are the greatest of all time, but that's because, arguably, they went on to do bigger things with other championships. But when we're looking mm -hmm. at the Intercontinental title specifically, that's what I want to look at here. Does that all make sense? No, definitely. Elevate the belt. You know, that's the big yeah. thing. Do they elevate the belt? So, absolutely. So, I will give you two names. Give me a winner or loser, whatever else. Defend your answers. And let's have fun. All right. So, you gave me 16 pairs. I have 32 names here. Let's look at first pairing is Mr. Perfect against Chris Benoit, right off the bat. Wow. <laughs> talk, talk about opening strong and obviously, you know, outside the ring aside, just going from wrestling aspects. Correct, yes. Two of the best in the ring. My whole thing um, is like, wow. you know, Jericho says this a lot, JR says this a lot, and so many other people. If you can't go on first, you want to go, or if you can't go on last, you want to go on first. You need a strong opening match, and... Holy cow, I think this is a good, strong opening match for this tournament. Yeah, and it's not slouchy that they both were you know, known for being technical, but you were talking about, I guess, who kind of helped elevate the belt. I mean, you had Mr. Perfect, who, you know, he was only champion, I believe, twice. So, and Benoit had it a handful of times, I want to say three or four. But I feel like Mr. Perfect had the longer total reigns. So I think he kind of really kept that workhorse mentality because I can see him coming out with a towel, spitting the gum, having the belt on. Yeah. I don't really remember Benoit with the belt as much as I just kind of remember him more just wrestling. Yep. So I'm going to pick Mr. Perfect here just because where you talked about who meant more for the belt. I think Mr. Perfect meant more for the belt than Benoit did. 
So, again, I kind of alluded at already, I wanted to put um, bias aside, and we're looking at open minds and what you just did here. So, where like I was starting to say with Brian Blade, ultimately he picked his all-time favorite wrestler as the greatest of all time, and he even told me it depends on where he was paired. If he faced other people who were in this tournament in the brackets, he might have not been the winner. And I'm not going to say who won that tournament for those people who haven't listened to that episode. You can go back and listen to it. It was a fun interview for sure. Um, so with that said, my whole thing is, and I'm going to tell you, nope, I'm not going to tell you who I think is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Not yet. But ultimately, it was based on, when I think of that title, who do I think of it besides current day, who comes to mind first on great intercontinental champions of all time? Who do I see with that championship? So, and I think you have the same mentality, so let's go from there. Um, so, side note, too, how many of us have not taken our gum, spit it out, and smacked it like Mr. Perfect did? <laughs> I, mean, I can't get it down. So, that was the thing. When Mr. Perfect did his vignettes, and uh, you, like Mr. Perfect's DVD, you could see some of those uh, pro athletes who were with him in those vignettes. They they go behind the scenes and are like, yeah, those videos turned out great, but you should have seen how many times it took for him to make that half-court shot backwards or whatever else. And... uh because obviously they're going to show the final part, what they're alluding to. But when you're on live TV and you go to spit your gum out, there is no retake on it. And he was precise every single time with spitting it out and and hit, slapping the gum and it, going into the every single time. Always precise with that. Such a simple move. Or throwing a towel behind his back. Simple moves that he made look good. <laughs> so, all right. Up next we have Cody Rhodes. And Billy Gunn. Not Daddy Ass, but Billy Gunn. <laughs> a little shocked here. I forgot Billy Gunn had the Intercontinental title. But oh. <laughs> it must not have been a long run. Um, I know Cody Rhodes brought back the white strap, you know, back with his dashing persona. I really think, you know, what you mentioned earlier, it helped elevate him before he went on his Ring of Honor independent run as a contender. I think if he had stayed with WWE, he still probably would have had maybe not the same success, but he would have had some success because he really had a good program. So I'm just going to go with Cody Rhodes just because he also brought back the white strap, which was visually made the belt mean more. He kind of got rid of the weird version of it. And no offense to Billy Gunn, it wasn't a memorable run. Yeah, it was probably it was probably just one of those he won a match and then like a couple weeks later they're like, all right, we got to take this belt off him now. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, two things. Because, again, Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk is known for getting off subject and going all over the place and no outline. There's two things I wanted to bring up that I spaced until just now. Number one, I remembered the real reason why I wanted to bring you specifically on for today's episode. I already put a break in there. But a couple weeks ago, I see this post on Facebook. Because, again, I think it's ridiculous how much ridiculous wrestling anything goes through my brain at any given time of any given day. It's all over the place. And a lot of time it's while I'm working my full-time job and I should definitely be paying more attention to my job and the work I do than thinking of random useless wrestling things, which ultimately comes to my second job of working in radio and having this podcast. So it still works out, but my brain's all over the place. And one day I see this, this, post on Facebook. Who was the Intercontinental Champion on your ninth birthday? And your answer 
sp- spoke to me more than anyone else because you know you know we've become quite good friends in recent memory. I dare I say that, and uh, and Emily included. <laughs> And so you went to speak on behalf of both of you, but you have different ninth birthdays. And the fact that you both had the same person as Intercontinental Champion on your ninth birthdays, four years apart, <laughs> that was the number one reason what what stuck me out, what stuck you out in particular. I was like, Mongo needs to come on to talk about the Intercontinental Championship specifically. Because <laughs> I knew you and- knew your history, and the fact that you and your co-host have completely different ninth birthdays, but the same Intercontinental Champion on your ninth birthdays. And fun fact, different variation of the same person, too. (laughs) And so I will, (laughs) small spoiler alert, I will let you know that person is in this tournament. So when we get there, I wanted to give you the spotlight a little more. The disclosure, again, where I'm looking at the Intercontinental Championship, there's two names in particular I want to say did not make it into this tournament. Number one, here's where... So... Shout out to Josh Seavers, past Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk guest, also alumni on the Jericho Cruise. He was on both Part Duh and Triple Whammy. He will also be on Five Alive, so if you haven't gotten to know him before, then I will gladly introduce you to him on Five Alive. Um, But him and I hung out together the other night, and we bounced names off of each other. I said, hey, Mongo's coming on to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk, doing the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. So we literally took turns and wrote name after name. I gave one, he gave one. We each came up with 16 names, thus the list. Somehow or another, Stone Cold Steve Austin fell through the cracks, did not make it into those 16 names that we gave off each other back back to back to back. I think he was one of the ones, I think Billy Gunn was one he came up with. Um, I will tell you this, again, because I'm throwing bias aside, I'm not going to go over who won, your current superstar or current wrestler tournament that you did on Cruising with Kayfabe. But one honorable mention who made it very far in that tournament is did not make it into the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time after his one-day title reign from WrestleMania 32, where I was there to see Mr. Zack Ryder, woo-woo-woo, you know it, when the... <laughs> and you're holding it. Zack Ryder action figure in front of me, or is that Zack Ryder or is that Matt Cardona? Nope, that's Zack Ryder. That's, that's okay. Woo, woo, woo. Yes, <laughs> and I mean, I was there for that where he won the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match. I definitely he was just excited to hear his theme song that night. I don't think any of us were expecting him to win, and I think a lot of us were very disappointed that he lost it the very next night on Raw. And so I was like, I love Zack Ryder. I love Matt Cardona. He's even better nowadays than he was in WWE. But it's hard to recognize somebody for just a one-day title reign where that's all he was given, unfortunately. So while you're looking, I just had to look up Billy Gunn real quick because I was curious. Okay, what how long his reign was? So, so okay, it's fair. He had a 19-day title reign. So that's <laughs> 18 days so, longer than one. <laughs> I was going to say so. Shout out to Josh. He at least picked someone who had. Two and a half weeks longer than Matt Cardona, so that's that's never a bad thing. I do remember seeing pictures of Billy Gunn with the Intercontinental Championship, and I think that's what helps in this situation. And I think at that point, Josh is like, "Who else do we include?" And then we got later in the in the list, and then he started looking up, and he goes, "You know, we're missing so many names." And he read so many names that we're missing, and he only had one spot for one more name in the tournament. And when we get to that person, I'll tell you who it was. But there's a lot of key figures he noticed we missed. But, you know, again, 
32 may sound like a lot, but at the end of the day, it's not that many either. So yeah, it's probably like one third of their history. Cause I mean, the belt since Pat Patterson days, the belt's been around. So I mean, you've, and there was a while where it was kind of like the TNT title where it was just hot shotted like crazy. So yeah, there was a lot of these champions that were like, you're a champion for like two weeks <laughs> or 19 days. Yep. Kudos, Billy Gunn. <laughs> Still longer than road dog. Belt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, the intercontinental champion, speaking of the intercontinental championship, one man who could be setting a new record as the longest ever Intercontinental Champion, the current Intercontinental Champion. I still prefer the name Walter, but I will say Gunther against Edge. Oh, 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 that is not fair. I literally didn't know Edge was his opponent until right as I read his name out loud. <laughs> wow. I mean, I know Edge, he may, he, he had a, a decent amount of times. <sighs> Gunther, you know, he he's every every title he's had has had a long reign. He was the NXT UK champion for six hundred something days. Now there was a pandemic that helped him with that, but still he True. was a great champion during that True. time. He's got what is it? He's got three hundred and eighty, so he's he needs to get past payback basically. He needs to get in September to get the longest. So he's 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 at that finish line. So he's already in like the top twenty of longest. I think he kind of brought that ugly ass title back to relevance because let's let's face it, the current version of the Intercontinental title is probably the, one of the most hideous designs I think <laughs> they've done to a title belt. That the U.S. title probably the, the <laughs> one that needs the biggest redesign. Now, in my defense, I my all time favorite Intercontinental title belt is one that you kind of poo pooed on already. Is uh, that? title that Cody Rhodes retired to bring oh, in the, the, the lights oh, oh, the Attitude Era one? Yes, the Attitude Era one. When I think of the Intercontinental title, that's the first one I think of. And yeah, maybe it was because one of my first ever like replica title belts as a kid, like the toy version was the Intercontinental title. But I, I, something about that title made it my favorite where the, the design that Cody Rhodes brought in, which I also thought was silly because he said as a shout out to Dusty Rhodes, who I believe was never an Intercontinental Champion, but I don't think he was. Yeah. I was gonna say, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I understood Cody Rhodes for doing that, and you know he changed the strap, so he still made it like modern, even if it was just changing the strap color. Uh, but yeah, um, the Intercontinental Title nowadays, like you know, up for interpretation. But I think most people would agree with you; they don't like the the current design. But my all-time favorite design may not have a lot of the same love either. I, I don't hate that too, there. I, I would say it's probably number one for me is the is the '90s version with the white strap, the one that kind of Cody brought back. Number two is the attitude. I like the oval. You know, obviously okay. we, you just talked about Edge. Edge, that's the one. Edge rocked. That's yep. when our boy Jericho rocked, and Dan gave him the belt on the cruise. Yep. So I have love for that title, but I guess to kind of go back to the point I derailed myself on, I think Gunther took that belt from obscurity because pretty much right before the pandemic and after the pandemic, that belt wasn't even represented on TV. I remember being really upset when Scott Hall passed away. They didn't have a match with the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, especially and when he passed so close to WrestleMania. I just remember being heartbroken because I'm like, you couldn't find one space on the card to have something, even, even if you didn't say it's in his honor, like, that, like you said, it's the workhorse title. So I think when Gunther won it, 
Walter, whatever we're calling him, <laughs> he really changed the game with it. And I think they believe in him. I believe in him. I've seen his matches. I see how much he cares about that belt. I got to go with Gunther here just because to me, Edge is more, when I think of titles, I think of the world title, but I think of the tag team titles with him and Christian. I think of his, his tag team wrestling, him with the big gold, him with the spinner belt, the rated R. I, I don't really picture him with Gunther. Even I know it's present, but you picture him just standing there with that belt, his coat open, the ring announcer saying his name, people wanting that belt. It was the, essentially the top prize for a while yeah. you know, when Roman was. So I got to go with Gunther on that one. Yeah. And now, and I will say this too, because, you know, Gunther is in his first Intercontinental title reign, and I think in a lot of ways should be in the discussion of greatest of all time of the Intercontinental champions, because there is one former Intercontinental champion who could also be considered the greatest Intercontinental champion of all time, only one title reign, but held it for a really long time. We'll get to this individual later on, but I just want to you know, build it up to. a little more. <laughs> <laughs> so this individual may or may not have made it into the tournament. So, but I digress. Next one, we have Bret Hart, a workhorse Ooh. for the championship for sure, or his opponent after a grueling tournament that culminated in the finals being in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. This tournament that clearly happened to crown the first ever intercontinental champion. It wasn't fake champion. at all. <laughs> Pat Patterson. Bret Hart or Pat Patterson? Oh, I see. You got me going against the original intercontinental champion and then against Bret Hart, who is one of my first memories of intercontinental champion. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I feel like it, it's, it's hard to go against Pat, but Brett is the excellence of execution. He's the greatest there ever was. He there's a reason why Brett, when he had that title again, meant something. I think Pat Patterson's more known in the lore, like you said, in the tournament that may or may not have happened. Yeah. Um, what was it, like eighty something bracket? <laughs> it's like some crazy number. <laughs> and it took place in of all places, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I, I I would never say he's not in consideration. But from purely, purely like what kind of kept that title making it meaningful, seeing Brett defend that title, it helped propel him to be a serious world champion. Kind of like what you alluded to earlier. If Brett never won the Intercontinental title a couple times, he won it. I don't think he would have gotten in the world title picture as quick as he did in WBF. I don't think he would have been taken as seriously. And I think him and his brother even feuding for it and having matches for it are iconic and it's got to be Brett just because of what he did for the belt. Brett's one of the greatest of all time for a reason. And yeah, I, I, every belt I can picture on Brett, I can picture the European title. I can picture the <laughs> world title like, yeah. because when he wore it, he, he was the workhorse. So yeah, it's, it's Brett. Sorry to Pat Patterson. I love him. I, we always sing his karaoke on the cruise. It's oh, yeah. Memorial karaoke, but it's gotta be Brett. And that's my whole thing. And I've talked about on this podcast before where, you know, I was born in 1989 and so, ultimately, when it comes to, like, movies and stuff, and a lot, I get a lot of criticism from a lot of people, I have seen plenty of movies that are older than I am. But at the same time, that's kind of where my drawing line is, is, like, where I really can get into movies. A lot of times, there's classics like Rocky and Back to the Future. But otherwise, I want to, I usually want to see the movies that took place during my lifetime. Very similar to wrestling, other than I... 
expand it a few more years, and I say anything from WrestleMania 1 on is what I really want to watch. And the Intercontinental title, when Pat Patterson w became the first ever champion, was before the entirety of WrestleMania. So ultimately, where I think of Pat Patterson in the Intercontinental title, I could never think of him past just being the first ever Intercontinental Champion, but I don't have a lot of wrestling watching history to really back that up, so. No, I completely agree. I mean, it wasn't really until, I want to say SummerSlam when Brett got it. Like, that, one of my earliest memories watching one of the SummerSlams. But, you know, that was around the time that you had Piper and Bulldog and all that, not to go too far, but. Yeah. So, I, kind of the same as you. I respect what you did, but. I still laugh at that tournament. If, you know, if your listeners don't know, they, they should go look up this tournament that totally might have not happened. It did happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> so anyway, up next we have... Now, I know you probably saw this week's episode of Rampage. I'm not talking about Johnny TV. I thought that was a crazy name. But right. John Morrison. <laughs> let's think WWE characters of these people. Now, as great of an Intercontinental Champion as he was, was he good enough to have long sideburns and his hair slicked back? Did he come to your town in his pink Cadillac? He's not the all-time longest Intercontinental Champion of history, but his opponent, the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was building up for whenever Honky Tonk Man was going to... And you knew he was going to be in this tournament. <laughs> Oh, really? I, I just, I, I hate that he gets way more love for his title reign, and I'm talking about the Honky Tonk Sham, than <laughs> he deserves. It was, I, I obviously wasn't, obvious, you know, coherent enough, you know, remember enough, but I, through a previous podcast, we did a lot of rewatching. I rewatched a lot of the matches he was in, every single match of the Honky Tonk Man. One of the, it was the worst Roman Reigns type Usos interference match. It was always some sort of shenanigans the way he won. You could tell he didn't really care about wrestling in the ring. He cared more about his hair. And it wasn't just a gimmick. I, I, you could definitely tell he just, <laughs> he cared more about what he looked like and came across on TV. So yeah. I'm going to be that guy. Probably get some hate on this one. John Morrison is a multi-time champion. He, I know he only had it probably half as many times with if you include all his reigns. I'm going to say John Morrison actually cared more about the title than Honky Dog Man. And, yeah, this is a little bit of bias here. Just because you have the longest of anything doesn't mean it's the best. Honky Tonk Man beat Randy, essentially, Ricky Steamboat, and then beat a bunch of nobodies and a couple good people. But it was always a bunch of shenanigans. I think the only reason why people even talk about him is because they see that magical number next to him but yep. don't remember the actual reign. <laughs> so I am eliminating Honky Tonk Man gladly <laughs> right away. <laughs> and I knew it didn't matter who the other 31 names were in this tournament. I knew you were going against Honky Tonk Man in round one. That's why I had to build him up all the more. When, at that quick moment where I saw he was in that pairing, I had to build him up because I knew I was going to build him up for you to tear him down. <laughs> but, like, he, yeah, he... Right now, does hold the reign, uh, the record as the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. And you said where you didn't necessarily know a lot of his history because you know, just a really young wrestling fan um, at that time. That was before my lifetime, so I only have the history tapes to look back on. But it seemed like almost every Intercontinental Title match I saw Honky Tonk Man in at that time ended in disqualification. 
Yes. Whether he found a way, most of the time he got disqualified, and that's where that caveat comes in of you don't lose a championship as a result of disqualification, you automatically retain. So Honky Tonk Man holds the record because of all those disqualification outcomes. <laughs> and I can never forgive him because I feel like he derailed Jake the Snake. I mean, yeah. when when they had the snake pit and he hit him with the, the non-gimmick guitar and it hurt Jake the Snake, there's a lot of rumors and innuendo, and Jake's to this day, he said it on the cruise, he was supposed to be in the you know against Hogan until he got hurt, and he thinks that Honky did it on purpose because he was jealous. So I almost just kind of see like, yeah, he had the luxury, like I said, of having nineteen disqual or some. He had some ridiculous. I think it was something like eight disqualifications in a row. Oh, and and it was always like the same way. So yeah, you're completely right. It's the caveat of yeah, he won, but it's almost like do you remember when Randy Orton slapped the ref because he didn't want to wrestle? Oh I, yeah. I almost feel like that was his entire run. Was he looked at the ref and was like, uh, disqualify me. <laughs> All right. Up next, take a visit back to your ninth birthday. And if that was too far back, take a visit back to Emily's ninth birthday. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett or the British Bulldog. Oh, oh, that's rough. I mean, I, yeah, like we alluded to earlier, I think it's funny that. The version I had on my ninth birthday, because I was born in 86, so the version I had was J-E-F-F-J-A-R-E-T-T. <laughs> I had the country, western, my, with Brody, find my baby tonight. Like I had the pomp and circumstances. Someone who didn't get a good action figure, first and foremost, that I was always disappointed as a kid, because he was oh. always so, looked like an action figure. And then Emily had the short, blonde, spiky hair, Oakley glasses, and silver tr- blue trunks before he fought China at the Good Housekeeping match. <laughs> but, oh, that is a tough one because both lay claim to being great in the contest. I think, though, British Bulldog, to me, is more of a known as a European champion. So I got to go with, with uh, Double J here. I got to move him along. Okay. Because... He did the job to China too. He kind of, yeah, he helped held up Vince McMahon kind of hostage for it. But he he helped make that title at least mean something before he had to get rid of it. And when he had it, he held it hostage. But you wanted to see him lose, so he was a good heel with that title. So British Bulldog, love him, great wrestler. But I just when I see him, I picture the, either the tag team titles with the British Bulldogs, or I picture the European title around his waist. See for the British Bulldog and. Uh- it's the same way with a lot of people, maybe even in this tournament. For But for me, with British Bulldog, I love the British Bulldog. He goes down and easily, maybe not my top 10, but my top 20 favorites of all time, for sure. Um, I just, I love so much about him. But when I think of the British Bulldog as the Intercontinental Champion, I think of him winning that against Bret Hart at SummerSlam 92 at Wembley. I think of him winning that, and that's it. I couldn't tell you who beat him for it. I couldn't tell you any of his memorable matches where he defended it. I just think of when he won it. And that can go a long way, too. But yeah, it's, it's funny to say because I do remember that was one of the first pay-per-views I, I, I bought. But to answer your question, he actually ended up losing it to HBK, I believe. Oh, oh, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't remember when, but I, I do I, I remember. I do remember him losing the European title to HBK, but... Yeah, because I remember it was like a it was because I remember like looking back when the whole screw job thing happened. They kind of talked about all the parallels, how you know Bray put over the British Bulldog and then the British Bulldog put over Shawn Michaels. So 
by that logic, Bret Hart put over shit. Like people have these weird. So I think I do think it was that because then I remember there was a weird feud with him and Mario Gennetti because I was right a little after when they broke up the Rockers. So that's like my very early memory. So if I if I'm wrong, I apologize because I okay. don't know dates very well. But sure. <laughs> I do remember '92 was definitely when. SummerSlam happened, and when the Rockers broke up, because I remember going, "What is going on?" <laughs> and as a kid, a six-year-old me was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> okay, so this is where I, I loved. I, I, I just, just caught a glimpse of what this next match is, and it amazes me how we have thirty-two names in here, but then people can be paired up against people where you remember memorable matches or feuds between those two people, and you're like, "How is it random that these two people?" somehow ended up against each other in round one. But I digress. Triple H and The Rock. Oh! We're talking that SummerSlam ladder match, doing everything in between. Let's go. Triple H, Rocky Maivia, The Rock, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. So much history just between those four personas. But... Ugh... And I was at the Raw when the Rock got the title before he lost the Triple H in the ladder match because it was in Portland, Maine. It was one of my first live events because I remember Stone Cold basically just gave him the title. <laughs> um, that is tough because Triple H definitely had a solid run with it. That ladder match, I think, really showed the, who the Rock was. It put them both on the map. That's yeah. the hardest part. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is really hard, but because they're both more known for other, but Triple H had it more and had had more memorable matches to me with the Intercontinental. The Rock had moments here and there, so I got to go with Triple H just because I remember more the the matches with Triple H having the belts. I only really remember The Rock losing it in the ladder match after <laughs> getting it. So I was so excited to see him win his first title, going from Rocky Maivia to The Rock to the heel. And then I kind of felt like he just he got the rocket ship and he Triple H went down because of the whole Madison Square Garden thing and the Rock kind of got the rocket ship. So I think Triple H used that title to help build himself back up. So I got to go Triple H. All right. Up next, the man responsible for the fact that you and I are friends in a lot of ways, and I'm not talking about Dez, <laughs> but I am talking about Chris Jericho himself. And when Josh was looking that up the other night and seeing all the Intercontinental Champions we missed. He said, we miss this person, we miss this person, we miss this person. But most notably, we miss this person. And where he said most notably, I said, oh, wouldn't ever be viewed as one of the greatest of all time, but for what he did as Intercontinental Champion, I will gladly put Jericho's opponent in this pairing, Santino Morella. <laughs> great that's great oh uh, i can see how you kind of begin but yeah he had a very memorable coming out of the crowd getting the title the hunkle meter <laughs> but Jericho's a nine-time intercontinental champion you know he, there's a reason why dan lambert gave him your favorite version of the belt yeah that belt is synonymous with jericho you know, when, when you talk about most number of reigns, I'm pretty sure it's the Miz and Jericho who are tied for most number of reigns. Jericho is already in the top, top two, top three, top what? So it's got to be Jericho because he's already always in the conversation. And I'm not just saying because you're wearing a Rock and Wrestling Rager shirt, and I have three Jericho Cruise posters and a belt behind me. Yep, but it's Jericho. <laughs> All right. 
But yeah, no, and noth- nothing against Santino, because ultimately I don't think anyone would truthfully say, when they say greatest wrestlers of all time, that Santino would be in that conversation. He would definitely be in the conversation for the most entertaining wrestlers of all time, but he did what it took to still have memorable Intercontinental Championship reigns, so uh, definitely deserves I, to be in the picture here. One day, I want the real Forbidden Door to crack open. I want R-Truth versus Orange Cassidy versus Santino, and I yes. want it in a ladder match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. R-Truth will be good at that Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next, we have the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Orton. Oh, another tough one. Uh, so I have a lot of thoughts on war, and I know a lot of people don't typically probably side the way I do. I personally didn't think Ultimate Warrior as a wrestler was anything great. I think... He had the look, he had the charisma, he had the it factor, but when it came to in the ring, dude was blown up coming off the entrance ring. Yep. <laughs> he was always tired. I think, again, you don't have the legend killer, you don't have evol- hit the rise from evolution without him getting the Intercontinental title. I got to give it to Randy Orton just because I think he did more with that. I mean, Ultimate Warrior kind of got the title and got the world. He kind of got like the fast track because of his looks. Randy Orton kind of had to wrestle with that title and be the workhorse to become yeah. the youngest WWE champion. So I think in terms of what he did for the belt, I think he embodied the belt more than Ultimate Warrior did. And I will say this. Um, again, we alluded to past episodes of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk, more specifically where it was just me. And the very first episode I did was Ask Johnny Cadillac Anything, in in which I'll never remember, I'll never forget, wow, completely different, complete opposite there. I will never forget my friend Trent Guerin asking me the question that I answered on air that day, most overrated wrestler, and then he wanted to allude that he thought... His uh, for him it was Bret Hart because he wanted to get a bunch of wrestling fans mad at him, oh, and uh, I guess so. and where I was like, oh, I don't, I think of underrated wrestlers more than I think of overrated, and that one was hard for me. And ultimately, ultimately, my answer ended up being Ultimate Warrior. So no arguments for me on that <laughs> in that pairing there, Mongo. And I get it, you know, he he was an action figure. I get it. I just, I don't know. And again, I'm not going to use real real life people aside because uh, you can you, people can look him up if they want to see what kind of person he was. But <laughs> just in the ring, like when you're a kid, you're like he's fantastic. But when you go back with the with grown up eyes and wrestling fan eyes, you watch, you're like, oh man, he, he, he kind of just ran out there, was winded, did like a little gorilla press slam, and his body splashed, and it, and it was over. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So all right, up next we have ravishing Rick Rude. And Rob Van Dam. Oh, Jesus. That is a tough one. I want to make comments for so many different people right before I say their name, and then I stop myself because I don't want to persuade your answer unless you say, hey, I can't answer this one. Answer. But (laughs) so anyway. Uh, I I remember him and and just Rick Rue with a personality, him gyrating with the belt. But RVD... The matches he had with that belt, the ladder match he had with Guerrero, the match he had with Christian on Raw, 
again, that's what got him to money in the bank. He was a double champion. Uh, I got to go with RVD. It pains me to say I love Rick Rude. Rick Rude's one of the best people to never win the world title, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, but, well, and Van Dam was, too, <laughs> until he became world champion. So I almost feel like they're like the same, not the same character, but they were the same mold. Of, yeah. Everyone loved him and had the thought, but RVD just kept winning. And it was, again, again another one that will have your, your favorite version of the title. I When I think that title, I have an action figure somewhere back here where it's him in the oval title, and it's yeah. the cool dragon singlet. Yeah. Again, both had awesome gear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Van Damme never wore a paint, airbrush painting of Miss Elizabeth on his crotch, but they both had memorable gear for different reasons. So, Still one of my favorite moments when he had that gear. Oh, man. I love wrestling history. All right. One name you've already mentioned in the tournament before. Now he's officially in it. The Miz. With a very tough round one matchup against... Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, that is so unfair. <laughs> uh, probably, probably like one A, one B for also considered up there with Jericho for being the best. How do you choose against Macho, who had one of the longest reigns, one of the best reigns? Macho King. Uh, but the Miz nine time. Oh my God, don't do this to me. <laughs> and that's another thing I, I've really enjoyed about when I've I've listened to your different podcasts and especially where you you narrowed down the greatest wrestler of the current era because uh, the Miz was one that you had going very far in his tournament. And to me, I had him ruled out in round one, but then you, you alluded to why he was in the tournament in the first place, why he deserved to make it further. And you said, you know, I'm going to catch some heat for, I don't remember who his opponent was. I just remember he, he spoiler alert made it on and made it pretty far in your tournament. And you, open my eyes to more of those realizations why Miz deserves to be in these conversations that you wouldn't think to include him in. So It's so hard because it got... But it's the Macho Man Randy Savage. I know. So. It's, I got to go with Macho here. Just It means me because as a wrestling fan, I can't choose Miz over Macho Man when it just <laughs> comes down to it. Yep, I love Miz. He, again... Eight or nine title reigns, he's tied up there. He is the workhorse title he made, but Macho Man, like he's one of the best of all time. And when he had that title, I mean, he had, I think he had the one of the longest reigns, you know, after the honky tonk. It was definitely over 400 days because he had it for well over a year. So it, it's got to be Macho Man because, I mean, Miz did have a lot of time. There were some title reigns that were like a couple weeks, a couple months, but yeah. That was back in the '90s when they when that when that was like championship one B like the world title was one A this was one B Macho Man made you think he was a world champion with that title so I got to go with Macho Man because he put it all out there. Yeah, no, no arguments for me. And even if there were arguments for me, this is your tournament. So, <laughs> all right, talk one name that I saw come up quite a bit, and again, you know, wrestling history in the earlier days of the Intercontinental Championship a little fuzzier for me. But when I posted that post on Facebook about who was Intercontinental Champion on your ninth birthday, one name that I saw come up over and over again. I haven't even seen who he's up against. But Tito Santana or Christian? Oh. I'm not sure, too. I don't know a whole lot about Tito Santana. Right. Um, before my time. I know the name, obviously. 
uh, I know Christian had it multitude of times. I don't know how many Tito's had it. Right. I, and I, I uh, feel the same way, but I felt like, again, we still should at least put Tito in the conversation. So go ahead. I think I'm going to go with Christian because I, I just, again, I don't know much about Tito. Yeah. No, I feel that's like fair. from what I do know, he was always kind of lost in the shuffle of the other wrestlers that were there at the time, like the Ricky, Dra- Ricky, the dragons, the Ric Flair's, so I feel like he was always kind of there, but never... I don't think he reached his full potential from, so, from what I know of him. I'm going to give you three names of respective combat sports. And I'm going to tell you the one thing that these three names have in common, in my opinion. Tito Santana, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, and Tito Ortiz. You know what the one thing I say these three people have in common is? They all wrestling cages? Well... <laughs> Not quite, but they, they are they're they're big names for their sport. But I don't think I've ever seen a match or a fight that any of them have ever won. I know they've uh, they've all had victories, but it seems like the matches or fights I would have seen, I've just never seen any of those three actually be victorious. I know well, Tito Santana won the very first match of WrestleMania history, but still, ultimately, I I haven't seen a lot of actual victories from him. So. Yeah, because I know he was big against like the Ken Panteras and the Pedro Morales and the Dom Rocco's. Right. Like he, so, which is really early 80s before I was born. I'm pretty sure it was still WWWF when he was kind <laughs> of. So, again, and a lot of times during the territory days, they may have had long reigns, but they may have wrestled once a year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's a reason so. why Bruno San Martino held the title for like eight years straight. <laughs> yeah, he just he didn't show up to work. <laughs> oh, he did, but like. He didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Up next, we have Ricky Steamboat Ooh. or Jeff Hardy. Oh, I, I got to go Ricky Steamboat. I love Jeff Hardy. Um, I think he's fantastic. I don't really remember him much with the Intercontinental title. I mean, a few matches here and there, but Ricky the Dragon, I remember, you know, as a kid, seeing him come out with the title, seeing him wrestle. Another one that never got that world title shot, but I feel like he always had that intercontinental title when I so I got to go with Ricky the Dragon just off that and the way he the way he wrestled for that belt he wrestled like it was a world championship. Jeff Hardy was kind of like that stepping stone. He didn't really need the intercontinental title. He's I I tag team Chet title. When I see him, I see more tag team title. Sure, again. that's fair. All right, up next we have Kurt Angle or Razor Ramon. Go to bad guy. Um, I, the iconic ladder match with Shawn Michaels, the the vignettes, the promos. He didn't have a long run in WWF, but it was always with the Intercontinental title. It yeah. was always great matches. And I honestly was, like I said earlier, I was disappointed that they didn't have like a, a Razor Ramon Memorial ladder match at WrestleMania 4 because I feel like that would be the perfect ladder match to have in his honor. Him and Shawn Michaels basically put that on the map in mainstream wrestling. Uh, the result wasn't what I wanted back at WrestleMania 10, but Razor Ramon all the way. All right. One individual who I think deserves to be in conversation for one distinctive reason that they have that the other 31 competitors do not share in common. China, the only woman Intercontinental Champion in history, or Kane, 
this is kind of like a who are they going to face get eliminated next round kind of <laughs> bracket <laughs> here. Um, I did, forgot Kane won the Intercontinental okay. title. Um, I guess just because of the history of it, I'm going to move China forward over okay. Kane. Um, <laughs> now, I will tell you this, um, where I, because I'm kind of the same way, and obviously China made history being by being the first ever woman Intercontinental Champion. And I know, you know, Emily alludes to how she wants to see intergender matches all the more often. And, I mean, China was the queen of being the woman in intergender matches from the get-go. Um, for Kane, for me, reason why I, I think of him as an intercontinental champion more than anything is if you remember when Eric Bischoff first came into WWE and was the general manager of Raw, he was obsessed with ending championships. Like, Jeff Hardy yes. was a champion and... All of a sudden, the hardcore title was no more. The European title was no more. And, like, Jeff Hardy had all all this gold or Van Damme or someone. And then Bischoff did the same thing with the Intercontinental title before Stone Cold Steve Austin became co-general manager and brought back the Intercontinental title. And it was Kane, who was Intercontinental champion, who went on to No Mercy of 2002. I'm not going to mention the other thing that made this rivalry so popular <laughs> but it was, it was champion versus champion winner takes all kane and triple h for ultimately the world title and the intercontinental championship was temporarily retired at that time i don't know if you remember that off the top of your head oh, unfortunately but- due to the katie vick storyline i did not remember <laughs> the title online I'm, I'm glad that you found a way to slip that in again but well, I, I tried not to but then <laughs> i was like i'm talking to you and, no, and I, I specifically I- didn't say it <laughs> I guess because I blocked out so much of it, I remember them feuding for the title. I did not remember that they kind of retired, unretired the yeah. Intercontinental title. But again, like you said, mid-2000s, they did a lot of weird... Like, the light heavyweight title came back and left for a while, too. Yeah. But All right. Yeah, I, th- I think just the Katie Vick storyline alone. I don't, we're going <laughs> to keep pushing China forward. How does this get brought up in every conversation <laughs> we have? I'm going to see you on the next Jericho cruise. I'll be like, Mongo, good to see you, Hug. Hey, you remember in 2002 with uh, Kane and Triple H rivalry and Katie Vick got involved? <laughs> Can you imagine someone named Katie Vick? Like Google oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The final pairing of round one. And then as you've said in probably the last three bracket podcasts you do did. It's going to go a lot faster after this, but uh, the final pairing, how these two names have not made it up till now. And we have a huge match to end round one. Rowdy, Roddy Piper and Shawn Michaels. Ooh. Uh, we talked earlier about how, you know, Shawn Michaels was the one who kind of took it from British Bulldog. And then he had his feud with Janetti. Piper is Piper though, but ugh, I'm gonna get seen on this. It's Shawn Michaels though. I can't vote against Shawn Michaels in this one. Again, when I think of one of the people I think of when I think of the white belt is I think of him with the earring and the red and white, like full one piece suit that he wore with his cockiness. Yeah. Heartbreak kid when he really found himself and he got rid of the rockers and he came the heartbreak kid. I I think that's I think of the European title. I think of this title. So I got to go with Shawn Michaels in that one. All right. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right. So as I alluded earlier, um, we are recording this on Saturday. It's coming out, of course, for those people listening, the day it was released here it is Monday. A lot of taking place between where you're hearing this and when we're talking. But I think one thing coming up shortly after both today in any light that we're looking at this or the listener, you have a birthday coming up. Am I right? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> All right. Well, happy early birthday. Um, it's just a happy coincidence that right close to your birthday, the most recent episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast that can possibly come out due to the schedule we have happens to have you as a guest. So I guess that's your uh, unplanned birthday present from me. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I also get I also get Fight Forever released on my birthday, so I can't complain about that. <laughs> yep. So um, I, I do have some questions we can talk about uh, throughout, but you mentioned Fight Forever, and I know... When I think of all the AEW fans who are so excited about Fight Forever coming out, you're at the top of that list. And you've, just because you have a podcast backing you up, Des is probably a close second. But I, I think of, I think of you and just how much you've, you've plugged Fight Forever on previous episodes of Cruising with Kayfabe. I know the excitement's real for you. You and I have had personal conversations on Messenger about this. Um, but you're, you're into video games, I take it, just generally speaking. Yes. So, I was a little bummed out because I I'm in I'm not gonna say I'm big into video games. I like them, but I play like the current wrestling games. So I'm a it's gonna take me a little bit, but I will get fight forever. I don't own as of this speaking. I don't own WWE 2K23 yet. I still play 2 2K22 like it's the current game, I guess. Um, I keep up with the current game, and once I get 2K23, I'm not gonna play 2k22 hardly at all and so on and so forth and i'll keep going back and forth between fight forever and 2k23 i'm sure but one thing we're different people so i was shocked but i have to respect the fact at the same time because you're my friend that when you play the wrestling games like the wwe games you don't play a lot of universe mode um and it, it is what it is i don't know what you focus on when you play the wwe games but i did ask you if you still um uh, do championship matches in like exhibition mode so from the last you can remember where you actually played out a match for the intercontinental championship on whichever video game you most recently would have done this on who was the intercontinental champion on your game as we speak so it was it was good there because it was 2k23 that i faced um but I kind of played around with some characters that I downloaded. So right now it's Malachi Black. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I imported Malachi Black. <laughs> so 
Here's, I pretty much do those kind of things. And I usually do a lot of King of the Rings style tournaments. When I play those, I make a bunch of tournaments and I usually make it for one of the titles. Gotcha. Cool. And, I mean, yeah. And again, we love tournaments. But and <laughs> I'm kind of the uh, same way, but I do play my universe mode quite a bit. It's just, it's ridiculous how much my universe mode, there's tournaments that go on and my active daily i i don't really have storylines as much because i just have these constant tournaments other than the rivals the rivalries that the video game makes me do um another fun fact about me in the in video games in general i do not have a lot of patience to sit down and thoroughly make created characters i just don't so i will maybe make one to represent myself or someone i would like to be or something otherwise i'm constantly in community creations downloading what other people do for that have the patience to make these wrestlers that you'd like to see on the video game that i don't have the patience to actually sit down and make i'll just take the ones that they're willing to share like a malachi black um so i will say in my universe mode right now i had to think about this um but it was one of the many 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 tournaments i was doing i was mr perfect was my intercontinental champion and i i have the i Set the difficulty to hard because I want to have a little bit of a challenge when I have play any matches. I like playing against the computer in universe mode or whatever else. But I want to be okay with losing. Even though I have plans going forward of who I'd like to win, if I lose a match, I'm cool with it. And then if a champion's in a match, I always make them defend their title as long as it makes sense. Obviously, a cruiserweight championship cannot be defended against Brock Lesnar. It just doesn't make sense. (laughs) I mean, for whatever reason, Brock Lesnar might be a little heavier than the weight they're looking for for a cruiserweight title. But anyway, so if a champion's in a match, especially if it's a champion versus a non-champion, I always put the title on the line where I can. So Mr. Perfect had a title defense. I was Mr. Perfect, and I lost the title to Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant is the Intercontinental (laughs) Champion on my game right now. You won't guess who the uh, undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion is in mine. Oh, yeah? I won't guess? You probably won't guess. Okay, it's, well, I'm not going to try. <laughs> it's some of, yeah, so I downloaded a bunch from Kingdom Creations. I did a tournament to see who's going to dethrone. I gave Roman a bye all the way to the end to see who could defeat Roman. And I wish I had screen recorded it. So I got Matt Cardona to the end. <laughs> Matt Cardona to throne Roman yes. at WrestleMania. Even with the Usos interfering and trying to, it, it wasn't played out perfectly. And he, like, I put my sliders up too. It took like 10 Rough Riders to get him down. Now you had to spam the crap out of his finish. <laughs> there, I, I'm, I'm still laughing because, like, again, I know how much Matt Cardona means to you. And, uh, and, and especially what he's done since leaving WWE has been so remarkable. And any Jericho cruiser has to appreciate him anyway because he is a current. Jericho Cruz Oceanic Champion. <laughs> so we got to respect it, even if it was questionable means that he won that little <laughs> mini tournament on Four Leaf Clover. But <laughs> um, so when I think of <laughs> upset victories like that, I think it was like WWE 12. Alberto Del Rio was automatically the world champion. And I just had a match scenario. I don't remember how I came about it. And I was like, well, I'm going to make him defend the title in, the, in a cage. And. There was a reason why I had his challenger against him. And I was Del Rio in this match against Yoshi Tatsu. And I lost. So Yoshi Tatsu was my world champion. I'm like, you want to talk about a random world champion? Boom. Right there. <laughs> 2011 was wild times. <laughs> that was the Royal Rumble that I went to. My only Royal Rumble in friggin' Alberto Del Rio won the first 40-man Rumble. With like, Santino Morella as a runner-up. I've never <laughs> <I'm> been... Like, <laughs> 
That was like one of two times I was the biggest Santino fan ever. And the other one was when he came so close to winning an elimination chamber. Like, but it was like, cause I, I've never been able to stand Del Rio. And so I was, I was <laughs> hating the fact that he was about to win this rumble. And then Santino comes from the ashes and I'm like, Oh my goodness. This would be highly unlikely for Santino to win. But I was yelling. I've never yelled so loud and hard in my life. At least at home while watching wrestling than I did in the 2011 oh, Royal Rumble. Was, yeah, everyone was behind Santino, and when Alberto won, he got booed out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to round two of the Intercontinental Championship tournament. Again, I just have numbers in front of me, so I I don't have the physical brackets. So I'm gonna be looking at these, and I'm like, oh yeah, ooh, these people are paired against each other now. Like, okay. So let's see, Mister Perfect or Cody Rhodes. Oh, uh, that's that's really tough. Um, I got to go, Mister Perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, no arguments for me on that. So, and even if I did argue with you, it wouldn't do any good because you have a clear, decisive answer. Well, you have a decisive <laughs> answer anyway. So, all right. Gunther in his incredible Intercontinental Championship run, not only in real life, but his standing in this tournament against Bret Hart. Ooh. And that's where a reminder, Gunther defeated Edge in round one, so he's he's made a bold stand already, but Bret Hart's as good as they come. I gotta go with Bret Hart. Just I know Gunther's got the like I said, longest doesn't always mean best. Yeah, Bret Hart's had short, had you know, not as long total reigns, but had great reigns. I got to go with Bret. And you had Honky Tonk Man eliminated in round one, and he is the longest ever. So yeah. I'm gonna keep teasing you about that if you haven't discovered it by now. <laughs> That's all right. I just can't wait till Gunther breaks it, so we don't have to acknowledge him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Up next, we have John Morrison or. J E double F J A double R E double T, uh, or the short go. blonde hair guitar carry and Jeff Jarrett, whichever one. <laughs> so yeah, essentially two rock stars going. <laughs> so um, I got to go with uh, my man Double J there. I love John Morrison, love John, but it's, it's Jeff Jarrett on that one. Alrighty, John Morrison takes the L. Moving on. Sorry, uh, it's sorry, okay. jo- sorry Johnny L. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny L. I mean, apparently, you know, with the letters now, Johnny, T- I'm like, Johnny TV is what he's doing now. Like I can get behind it. It's just random to me. <laughs> I mean, I thought it already sounded, was he, he was a uh, Johnny elite when he first came into AEW making those one-off appearances in like last year's Owen Hart tournament. And <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and now he's Johnny TV. Okay. <laughs> All right. Up next we have Triple H. Make sure I'm looking my notes correctly. Okay. Or Chris Jericho. Gotta go with Chris there. Just, again, you know, Triple H held it down for you, but Jericho made that belt mean something again and made the workhorse belt. And, you know, he was even one of the first co-champions, you know, in history. So I gotta go with Jericho there. Okay. No arguments for me. And even if I did, they won't do any good. (laughs) Randy Orton. Or Rob Van Dam. Oh, that one. I got to do RVD on that one just just for the match alone. You know, Randy Orton, you know, again, 
That's what I said earlier, but RVD trumps him on that one. Yeah. All right. Macho Man Randy Savage or Christian? <laughs> That's a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> Christian with the Oh, yeah. Macho Man's <laughs> or, moving up. <laughs> I meant to say Christian with the W, and then I apparently mixed up the letters W and L in my head, which are the complete okay. opposite. Because, no, Christian, <laughs> what clearly happened was Luchasaurus defeated Macho Man, but Christian took the victory for himself. So <laughs> exactly, yeah. So he's now maybe, that, maybe that's his claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, so Randy Savage with the victory there. <laughs> Ricky Steamboat, Razor Ramon. Oh, gotta go with Razor on this one. Love Ricky, but everything I said about Razor still holds true. And for me personally, I, I got to see more of Razor with the belt than I did see Ricky with the belt. So. Gotta go with Razor Ramon. All right. And hold on. Looking at my notes here, and I'm wondering. Okay, I'm not going to question anything. (laughs) China or Shawn Michaels? So, Shawn Michaels on that one. Sorry, China, but hey, you made it further than the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm missing a match here because I remember. Hold on, I gotta I gotta look at this. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Shawn Michaels, that was for sure a match in here. So fourteen is gone. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I, I I was like, where was Triple H? But I forgot Triple H wrestled The Rock earlier. And uh, so we went on from that. Let's see. Where did we have? And then, because I was thinking it was Kane against Triple H, and I was like, nope, that was where I was talking about where I remembered Kane as a, a champion, <laughs> where he lost to Triple H. And, uh, all right. Oh, yeah. And then, and then, okay. It escaped me, but you had Jericho defeating Triple H in this round. Yes. That's where I was over-questioning things where I should have just trusted where I've been crossing names off. But <laughs> I digress. Forbidden Door, tomorrow, or when people are hearing this at the earliest, last night. Such a great concept. Um, you know, you and I, we talk about the Forbidden Door quite a bit in podcasting, just bringing these podcasts together. And you've had Forbidden Door episodes with other podcasts, too. Also great listens. Let's say wrestling fans get their dream, like... In the immediate future. So this is a, a dream match scenario. And the forbidden door is open between WWE and AEW. The one forbidden door that people still want to see opened. Gunther defends the Intercontinental Championship against anyone from the AEW roster on this event. Who do you want to see... Not necessarily going up against the Intercontinental Champion, but specifically Gunther as the Intercontinental Champion from AEW currently. What's that match you would want to see? Uh, that's hard because there's so many talented matchups, but I think Brody King. Okay. I just would want to. I would just want to see like those two monsters going at it. What's funny is when I I was thinking of my own answer to that when I was asking you. And I thought of Malachi Black. And so uh, <laughs> they're they're very similar for answers. I mean, they're both representing the House of Black, so. 
don't know. I just, I just, I was trying to think of like who, who can take his chops and make the match look believable. And oh yeah. His- <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going into the uh, Sweet Sixteen now. Well, we have no, no. We we have eight names. <laughs> the Elite Eight. I'm. All over the place in my thoughts. Okay. But we're in the Elite Eight, the top eight, going to a field of four from here. Up first, Mr. Perfect taking on, oh man, SummerSlam rematch, Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart. Oh. I gotta go with Bret. Okay. I love Mr. Perfect, but I feel like if you match him up ten times, Bret Hart's going to win nine times. Okay. So I I, got to go, Bret. So here's where I, again, just like I did with the tournament with Brian Blade, where I, I said who I think the greatest of all time is. And I was refusing to say who it was until either that person won the tournament or was eliminated. So if somebody asked me off the cuff, off the fly, who's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, because of ultimately what you said to earlier, who do I picture with that intercontinental title, I always go to Mr. Perfect. I thought he was Overall, a very, very incredible yet underrated star. Um, never really won the big one. Should have. Uh, but, yeah, he's always my go-to answer. And uh, I can say it now, now that he has officially taken the defeat in the tournament. But I'm happy to see that he's made it this far. I feel like if he had any other matchup, this he could have made it further. But he had to go against Brett in the, eight, in the round eight. <laughs> but at least he made it longer than Honky Tonk Man. Yes. And China. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for that. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have Jeff Jarrett and Chris Jericho. So I'm really sorry to say it to J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-E-E-T-T. I can't do it right now, but I'm sorry, Double J, but Y2J has to eliminate you here with a surprise victory just because of Everything I said earlier, so it's got to be Jericho. Yeah, no no arguments for me there. And I'm like, man, this is a tournament we can see nowadays for a completely different company as both Jericho and Jeff Jarrett do, you know, of course, work and are very active in the AEW. And, I mean, it's definitely not a match I'd see right now. They're both heels. But, you know, it could definitely happen still in the in the near future somehow or another. But not very for the Intercontinental it. title, it can't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next, Rob Van Dam and the Macho Man Randy Savage. So I'm probably going to take some hate on this one, but I got to move RVD forward. Um, I love everything Macho Man did, but, you know, just RVD was so entertaining with those titles, and he just he put on so many bangers with those matches, and it's hard to argue against that, but. This is that's fifty fifty booking because you could ask me again tomorrow and I could say Macho, but as of right now, I gotta go with my gut and I gotta say RVD. Can you imagine like Macho Man from like WrestleMania three or four going up against RVD from like WrestleMania eighteen, nineteen, and twenty? Like Macho Man in his prime versus Van Dam in his prime? That'd be an incredible match and so much fun to watch. The promos be hilarious. Oh, I that can see too. RVD saying. The cream rises to the what, man? What are you? What are you? What are you even talking about? <laughs> All right, and then the final matchup of round three, we have Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. WrestleMania ten rematch. Right. Except, unfortunately, this time Shawn 
Razor, the bad guy, is coming out on top. Well, Razor Ramon came out on top at WrestleMania 10 as well. Shawn Michaels had all the high spots, but Razor Ramon won that. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Now, in your defense, they had a rematch at SummerSlam 95, and I believe Shawn Michaels was victorious in that one. That's what I'm getting mixed up. That's right. (laughs) That's right, because he was tied up in the ropes when Razor got it. Yep. That's right. Okay. Where would you be without me sometimes, Mongo? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So you said Razor takes the victory on that. It's uh, quite the final four, and I'm not going to look at it quite yet because I'm going to ask you another question to kind of space out these rounds a little bit. We talked about Gunther already. He's in a very, very incredible championship title run. Most likely will do you the favor and end the Honky Tonk Man's record as longest ever champion, and rightfully so because he's out there defending the title as well, having these awesome matches. Who from WWE, whether it's in Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but of the current WWE names, I put you on the fly. I say, hey, who's going to be the one stopping Gunther? Who's going to take the title from him? What's your answer? Because it can't be Bret Hart. Yeah, it's tough because they built him up to be such a monster. So it's got to be someone that's going to have a good feud and could be believable, but... Dragonoff NXT maybe. See, and I, I've I've seen rumor on that, and Dragonoff was the one who stopped his NXT UK title run. I am all for that. I want to see Dragonoff have a huge push on the main roster, and what better way to bring him in than doing just that? Because so. I think whoever he passes it to, he they need that torch because it's not going to hurt Gunther. No, it's going to just elevate whoever gets it. And what better way to elevate someone who they already had one of the matches of the year a few years ago. He's the one that can see because the current roster, it's not going to do really anyone. I mean, maybe an LA Knight, but I feel like he's past that point. I feel like he yeah. needs to get the money in the bank briefcase. I mean, right now they're clearly setting up a rivalry between Gunther and Matt Riddle, but I, I don't see Matt Riddle taking the title from him. I, oh, I will riot. I will riot. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. The semifinals. We are down to our final four. Up first, Bret Hart. And Chris Jericho. I knew these two. I knew the two Canadians were coming up against each other. I've taken heat. Taryn is going to slap me across the face for probably saying this. (laughs) I know Brett is one of the best there was, but you can't deny the amount of times Jericho has done and the reinvention. And every time he won it, he did something different. And he used that to launch himself into the conversation. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time, just like Brett did longevity though as goes here he had more meaningful title runs longer title runs and more so the slight edge goes to jericho here just because of what he did with the title again ask me how it could be brett and i'm i apologize to taryn i know she's a big brett brett girl i love brett too but i'm more of a chris guy than i am a brett person well where taryn can give you heat walter can at least give you a hug so <laughs> that is true and i know walter likes jericho or likes brett hart as well but I, I, I always want to – I would love to bring Walter into a tournament format for a future episode of a podcast, but, like, Jericho and Soraya just automatically have to be not in the tournament, whatever tournament I do, because I feel like his answer will always be slightly skewed. And, Walter, if you're listening, I love you, but I know where your loyalty is, and you're, you're a firm fan and you're a firm believer in both Jericho, especially Jericho and Soraya, so – 
But yeah, Walter will give you a hug for that answer. <laughs> so Walter, if you're listening, when you see Mongo on Five Alive, you owe him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next, Rob Van Dam and Razor Ramon. A match that I would pay good money to see. Man, this is an incredible Final Four. <laughs> I just I can't pick against Razor just because again I know I just said longevity of the Chris, but. I just feel like Razor always had that title. It always had matches with it. So I know RVD had the banger matches, but Razor had great matches with it. Razor, yeah. I can't name a bad Razor Ramon match in WB. I mean, there might be some tag teams or some multi-mans that wasn't great, but when it was him one-on-one with someone, he brought the best out. So he gets a slight edge over RVD. So I'm putting him against Chris in the, in the finals. All right. So again, add a little bit of buffer. We have mentioned so many different Intercontinental title matches of the past in this tournament. You can't do this tournament and not not talk about key matches. But again, if I put you on the spot and I say, gun to your head, when you think of the Intercontinental title and the most famous matches there are, what do you think is the match that comes to first when it comes to just how meaningful the Intercontinental title is that could go down as maybe the greatest Intercontinental title match of all time, or at least should be the first one talked about just in the history of the Intercontinental title. What's that match for you? To me, it's still going to be that Razor Sean match. It's the most copied match. At I mean, WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 10. How many times has NXT copied it or AEW or they copied it themselves where a champion gets hurt and they need to unify the title and they do a ladder match? It's... It's iconic to yeah. me that, or I don't know. It's, it's hard because that's like the first one I think of, or SummerSlam '92. Brett was. I say SummerSlam '92 is probably the one I think of the most because ultimately it came down as the first time ever that the Intercontinental Championship was the main event of a major pay per view. Um, say, yeah, so, it closed the show, which never happens. <laughs> exactly. So, good answer. I mean, there's no wrong answer. You could say Honky Tonk Man versus Jake the Snake, and as long as you have argument for why that is, I'll accept it. <laughs> but <laughs> I digress, because there's no way you'd say that as a Grace Intercontinental Championship <laughs> match of all time. <laughs> Sorry, Alice Cooper, but... <laughs> all right, the finals. We have... Let's see. Oh, wait. My notes are... Because you put Razor... You put Razor over Van Dam, didn't you? Yep, so Razor versus Jericho. <laughs> I definitely crossed out the wrong name because I was getting ready to tell you that <laughs> I, I wanted to say it when I first introduced Van Dam in the tournament, and um, I didn't want persuading your answers. Van Dam, my all-time greatest, or my all-time favorite wrestler, where I didn't want to say he would be the greatest of all time unless I'm sounding cocky and just wanting to say that because I can. But I, I think, and again, there's good reason why he made it as far as he did in the tournament and should be considered amongst the greatest of the Intercontinental Champions, but not quite good enough to get the victory over Razor Ramon. So we go into the finals. Chris Jericho, Razor Ramon. See, this is what I was afraid of because these are, when you first mentioned this tournament, again, I wasn't trying to have bias. I wasn't trying to sure. have... Like, who's my favorite? But I looked at it when you first said this. Who do I think of when I think of Intercontinental Champion? And there's four people that always come to my head when I think of Intercontinental Champion. Every time it's Chris Jericho, Razor Ramon, Mr. Perfect. And 
RVD. Like those okay. are the four people that come to my mind. You're Mount Rushmore of Intercontinental Champions. And I knew in my head, I'm like, if they come together, I know I'm gonna probably change. So in my head, I've already kind of had these little internal debates. And I'm not saying this because we go on the cruise. I'm not saying this because I'm a Jericho Mark. I'm saying it because we had we have Razor who has four title reigns for over 400 days. We have Jericho with 600 plus nine reigns most all time. Jericho gets recognized for so much, but he never gets his due for being one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time. He never gets his flowers. Razor gets his flowers for being one of the best IC champions. So for me, I think the underdog in this is Jericho, even though he has the most, he has the most, and he has some of the more prolific feuds with it. But when you, when you think of long hair Chris Jericho, the Attitude Era belt, the black and blue pants, him doing the pose, he's got the strap, he turns around, he does this. You picture Jericho again. Dan Lambert gave him that belt because I feel like the Intercontinental title kind of fizzled out late nineties. Yeah, no one really cared about it. Jericho came in, you know, undisputed title. That's good. That's great. I don't know if they lost confidence in or what, but then they gave him these intercontinental title and he would just, he just kept winning it. And then he'd leave, go do Fozzie as Mongoose McQueen. Allegedly he'd come back and he'd be intercontinental champion again. And he'd have these great runs. these great feuds with triple H and Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. He, he fantastic razor held down the nineties. Jericho held down the two thousands, but I think Jericho did it slightly longer and that's where the edge goes again you could ask me tomorrow i'm gonna say razor but to me they're always gonna be when i say greatest intercontinental champion of all time i'm always to me it's always razor and jericho are tied so one a and one b and those can be interchangeable every time yes but for the sake of this tournament it's chris jericho is gonna is gonna win all right fair enough no arguments for me. You didn't have to use the Johnny Cadillac lifeline on any matchups either. So like... <laughs> now, I will say this. Um, again, Mongo from Cruising with Kayfabe, and we cannot talk about Cruising with Kayfabe without mentioning the other host of Cruising with Kayfabe, your other half, Emily. I know Emily, you know, very, very active, very, very intelligent wrestling fan, but ultimately, in comparison to where... Wrestling has always been a part of me. It's always been a part of you. She hasn't been familiar with it as long. And I'm glad that she's getting to witness so much history, just reliving reliving history for you and getting to see some of these historic matches that I know the two of you watch together. If she was here right now, and if she was put on the spot, greatest intercontinental champion of all time, who do you feel she would say? I think she'd say either the Miz or Jericho. I okay. think her fi- I think her final two would be the Miz and Jericho. Okay, fair enough. And so, I mean, <laughs> cruising with kayfabe would have a unanimous decision then on Jericho winning this. So, yeah, I think I think because she sees how much I've gone back and watched a lot, and I think to just seeing, it, I and I've seen so many of those lists too. And again, Mister Perfect's always up there. It, it's it's crazy if you if you google it, it's always so different i've seen people who argue santino's one of the greatest just because of his character so it really depends on your parameters but it's I, definitely very hard and I, I think all your fans who are listening or listening to this who might be yelling at their radio or yelling at their headphones like he's wrong put yourself on the spot and see how hard it is and that's when you get these matchups going yeah <laughs> and uh no and i um want to say this in as well or let's see 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it, 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 oh, that's why I, I remembered my train of thought this time. And you're right. I mean, you could put anyone on the spot. Anyone's going to have a different answer for greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Plenty of people will agree with you, especially after listening to this podcast where they might be going along with us and they might be in their head saying, okay, I'd put Jericho over the, I, I for sure agree with you there. I would agree with you that other people would agree with you. If I did the same tournament, same matches, I don't know if I'd put Jericho in the finals. I think he would definitely do some major damage in it, just like he did in your tournament. Um, but I'm laughing because, I don't know, when when WWE Network, when the WWE Network first came out, there was a countdown show that they did the top 10 of everything. And one episode they did was the top 10 greatest intercontinental champions. And they had Chris Jericho as number one. And they had Honky Tonk Man as number two. And ultimately, the argument for Jericho being number one is he held the title the most times, like, was it nine times or whatever? And and then the wrestlers turn their backs on the votes, and they're like, wait a minute. If he's held it nine times, it means he's lost it nine times. So maybe Honky Tonk Man should be the greatest of all time. And it's funny for me, because I completely forgot... I didn't completely forget about that, but I'd never really thought about it as specifically as I am right now because I'm talking to you and how much crap I give you with the honky tonk man. So I knew that would just boil in your skin. Oh yeah, he, I just I don't understand like because even if you look back at the thousand day title reign with Roman, you know, not I won't go on a tangent or anything, but he's defended it almost as many times as Orange Cassidy has defended his title. He's had for last time, so. Yeah. Sometimes it's not about longevity. It's about what's the. I'm I'm a quality over quantity person. Ninety nine percent of the time, and like we said earlier, the quality of honky tonk man rain doesn't equal the quantity. With Jericho, like I feel like the quantity and the quality, is, and that, that's what it is is like is the is it the total package? Like hey yeah, you, like Ric Flair, sixteen time world champion. No one can argue he's not one of the best in the world. Some of his reigns were not good though. Like some of in his sixteen, but some of his sixteen in his sixteen were amazing. Just like Charlotte, some in her and her 14 aren't great. So yeah. to me, you can skew stats however you want. It's okay. The rock had six world title reigns, but every, every world title reign was great. Randy Orton had 14 title reigns. Not also great. But if you said Randy Orton was the longest and he had 14 reigns, you're, you're in a different categories. So sure. I, I think it's hard because it's your personal preference. It's again, at the end of the day, we're watching a TV show with, with props and everything else. And writers. But, <laughs> and riders, but who who maybe who maybe believed that they were in danger of losing that? Like you said yeah. earlier, who who's going to throw Gunther? If you can't have those conversations of who's going to take it, and that's why Roman Reigns' title reign is special too, because who's going to beat them? When you have when you start questioning who's going to beat them, it's more special. Honky Tonk, no, you weren't questioning who's going to beat them. You're like, God, when is he just going to have a fair match? <laughs> I'm, I'm also smiling because again. We're talking greatest intercontinental champions of all time. And one name you mentioned, you didn't mention him as a former intercontinental champion, but Ric Flair is a former intercontinental champion. I think it was the last championship he might have ever won. (laughs) Or one of them. It might be the tag titles that he won last, but like it's up there as one of the last titles. And ultimately, not very legendary reign as intercontinental champion, but is still... Another feather to put in his cap. Another diamond. Wasn't that on his New Year's throat. Revolution too? Like when when Edge cashed because I think he beat Edge because yeah. then Edge cashed in and beat John Cena. I I I'm I think actually I want to say I remember Flair having a 
main event match with Randy. No. Yeah, you might be right. I remember him and Randy Orton in the match, but my history's starting to elude me a little bit, and <laughs> we've been here for a while. But yes, I digress. Flair still former Intercontinental Champion, didn't make it in the tournament, and you wouldn't think of him as one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time, but you would consider him one of the greatest of all time, period. So, yes. so uh, Mongo, we're going to wrap things up, but before we do, is there any plugs you want to do at this time? Uh, no, just I appreciate you having me back on. If anyone's curious, they can check us out at Cruising with Keefeeb and all of our socials. Uh, we try to launch every, every Sunday. We try to launch a new episode. Sometimes we do a couple during the week, so Try not to step on your Monday, too, cause, but as you know, sometimes it's hard to stay consistent with launch days. <laughs> sure. Yep. And honestly, it's like, I, I just respect the podcast. I just respect the podcast community. So if you launch an episode on a Monday, I'm not going to argue with it. I think the episode, <laughs> the tag t- tournament episode I was in, I think that launched on a Monday as well. But I believe that might have actually been the monday uh, monday that i had off from cuz i released my last episode early so it was still worked out between us <laughs> but mongo this was a lot of fun we went for a very long time kudos to everyone who is still listening to this point but that was a lot of fun today absolutely thank you so much so absolutely well it was a great to have mongo from co-host from cruising with kfabe podcast on caddy chat wrestling talk podcast another episode Of course, I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac, and until next time, we will see you then. Have a good day, everyone.